From the campus of Asbury University, this is The Smokestack. Welcome back, everybody, to yet another episode of The Smokestack Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the Asbury dating scene. And we're joined by a special guest today, Heather Tyner. Woo-woo. Welcome, Heather. Thank you. Um, and you are the director of? Student Engagement. Student Engagement. Um, so we'll definitely, we're going to get into that, uh, what that means in a little bit. But first... Marion, what's on your mind? So this week uh, is marking like the 50th revival celebrate or the fifth, the 50th anniversary of the revival um, that happened in 1970, and working reunion and going to the hymn sing that they have at that, and having all the alumni back in Hughes and hearing them sing the hymns, um, and we got to experience that again today in chapel and then tonight with the hymn sing. So that's that's what's on my mind is how powerful those voices come together. Was it? Was tonight pretty similar to the reunion, him sing? Because I've been to that a couple times. Yeah, just a little bit. They had a couple of the same songs, but yeah, those are Asbury staples. You know, one thing that I was thinking today during chapel um, was just how how much the older generations that came to the celebration were worshiping to contemporary worship. Yeah, because I was I was up in the balcony because my seat was reserved, um, so I went up to the balcony to sit, and it was like really cool to see them worshiping equally to great are you lord as they did to well it was like do it again and yeah. then they knew that song and that's like a last five years yep. release and then they're also I mean, we sang a hymn this morning can't remember what it was yeah. oh we dr shell let us in what's the traditional um without a doubt you know yeah i know what anyway whatever that it's like the theme song of the revival i thought that was super cool they were they were worshiping in yeah. there with us with elevation stuff as well as hymns on my mind this week i'm just tired of it man people saying floor when they mean hall this happens all the time on campus that's the, so like zeke, zeke I, specific. that is like it's, making a mountain out of a molehill dude the i know I'm, it's a, it's a res life thing and i know i'm, I'm probably a little bit of res, a res life snob but look people say uh for gather so when you when you go to gather on your floor, or they'll ask me as an RA like, "How's the community on your floor?" Either they don't know that floor does not equal hall, or they just mean hall and accidentally say floor. But but all the time people say stuff about how's your floor doing when really I have no jurisdiction as an RA or I didn't have jurisdiction as an RA over an entire floor. Heather, what's on your mind? You know, peanut butter. Actually, any kind of nut butter is on my mind. I'm curious about how much is too much. Right. I can make a meal out of almond butter, peanut butter. And recently I've tried to curb my consumption to a jar a week. It was up to three. And wow. I, no way. I, I mean, guys, wow. it's out of control. Like what size jar? So, you know, the smaller, like normal peanut butter jar. But then at Sam's, the big almond butter jar, I can go through that in a couple of days. <laughs> and I just kind of wonder, like, you know, when do I know that there's a problem? <laughs> I, think you already, I think you're self-aware enough to know that there's probably a problem. If you're so, doing a sandwich for a peanut butter sandwich for lunch every day, you could easily go through two or three a week. 
Right. I just skip the bread. Do you, do you just eat it out of the jar? <laughs> I do. Oh. So, I, you know, I don't know when this started. I think it started when I was new at Asbury because I don't remember doing this in college. But I can just make a meal. And if I'm hungry, oh, there's a peanut butter jar. It's delicious. It's satisfying. It's filling. And I just go through those jars like nobody's business. So I recently have tried to like curb my appetite with that. And I'm not super successful yet. So I have a little work to do. Do you, are you a creamy or crunchy? You know, both. Give me any, but I'd say I used to be diehard crunchy, and I'm going into the creamy. Mm. Uh, I, I'm diehard crunchy still. I'm yeah. diehard crunchy, yeah. especially if you're having it plain. If you're if you're having it by the spoonful, texture. Mm-hmm. the texture of crunchy peanut butter is unbeatable. So yeah. I feel like then it's I'm, all good. Then I'm actually eating something, not just right. like letting something stick to my teeth. Right. Yeah, right. Eating creamy peanut butter by itself does not sound super rewarding to me. I Shout don't out know. to Josh Giese though. Because he eats like a couple spoonful, spoonfuls of creamy peanut butter like every night. It's just so good. It is it good is. stuff. It is good. Luke, what's on your mind? Um, two things on my mind, actually. First is kombucha. I, for many years... World's grossest drink. No, no. listen. Listen. For many years, I was anti-kombucha. Because I was like, so you're, you're drinking fungus juice. That's what I'm hearing. Um, then the drinkling started to make kombucha. Or a, a friend of Randy's makes it in the basement, which sounds really sketchy. Um, but it's always really good. Um, and I started drinking it then. Um, and very recently, I've been drinking it regularly. Um, and I feel great. Um, and, and it's just a positive thing. I just saw it on the table. Is that kombucha? Yeah. we Heather I and I had a whole conversation I, about well, it before we started recording. Well, I wasn't listening. That's okay. It's gross, man. It smells gross. It tastes gross. I think I've, You I've, should try this one. I've had, about, done a, I've had about a quarter sip of it in my life. No, I, I really think you'll enjoy this. I'd be very surprised. Anyways, the second thing on my mind, um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy, um, Chris Renzema. Yeah. Yeah. He's I, dope. I like just discovered his music yesterday, and it's been amazing. He came to Asbury last year. That's what I was going to say. No, he didn't. I know. How did, he I, did. How, how did I not know this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He came and did a concert here. Yeah. I think it was last year's Coffee and Canvas. I'm so yeah. bummed that yeah. I missed that. And Wait, I was, I was there at the last year's Coffee and Canvas. Not mentally, not you're, mentally out, you're out of it. That, cause, and you started listening to Jordy Searcy too recently, and he was yes. just at Asbury. Yes, and I, but I was not at that coffee and canvas, unfortunately. And yeah, it hurts my soul that because Ben, ben Rector is my favorite artist by a mile, and he was here like a couple years before he got to campus, mm-hmm. and that just hurts me to think about the fact that because it was it was it was before he took another step in his career, so he was right. still he was still like. He was bigger than those guys. Like mm-hmm. the, the concert was in Hughes. Were you there, Heather? Mm-hmm. But it, we could get him, you know. Right. He wasn't super. He wasn't. Yeah. Now pricey. he'd be kind of out of it, mm-hmm. out of the league a little bit. Right. It just hurts my soul every time I think about Ben Rector having been in Hughes and me not being there. To you couldn't wear it. all of your band merch for Ben. Yeah. Rector. Right. Yeah. Today we're talking about the Asbury dating scene. Maybe the hottest topic that we've covered on the Smokestack. Everyone has a a, a strong opinion about the dating scene at Asbury. To kick us off before we get into it, we asked the question on our Instagram story, what do you like slash dislike about dating at Asbury? 103 people saw it and about 15 people responded and I'm going to read some of the best responses. Someone says it's her favorite thing to talk about. She didn't say anything else, but it is her favorite thing to talk about. Grant Allsbrooks, actually I can't say the names for all these people, but I just said Grant's. No place to have alone time on campus. I'm assuming that's what he dislikes about Asbury's dating scene. Someone said, you are seen twice with the same girl and you're automatically in a relationship. 
Heard that one before. <laughs> so this guy said, I don't know. I've never dated anyone at Asbury yet. Yet, though. Who's, yeah, a big right. Yet. He's got time. This guy's a sophomore. He's got time. Um, someone said, I dislike the complaints I hear about Asbury dating culture. It seems like most people want to complain rather than change things. Well, buckle mm. up for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> our, our own graphic designer of the smokestack, Tori McKinley, said, There's no casual dating, a.k.a. You can't go on a date without everyone flipping their crap. I just, uh, that's what she said, Was man. that a censored comment? No, it, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I just hesitated because I was like, I don't know if I can say, well, I d- that's what Tori said. And that's what a lot of people think. I've heard a lot of people say that. So maybe we can start there with this discussion. Is that, is that stereotype or that idea that if you talk to someone two times and you're caught having a conversation with them, everyone thinks you're dating. Is that legit or not, DMAR? Yes. All right. So I, you know, I, I'm a social person, so I just am with people all the time. So I can go to the bistro with one person and then hang out with them in the stews. And they're like, oh, I didn't know you were dating. And I'm like, I didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> and then like you can hang out with someone else and they're like, oh, but you were just with. And I'm like, yeah, it's, it, you just, I, uh, yeah. Has this happened to you multiple times? Multiple times. Like even on at church, like people walk up and they're like, oh, is this your girlfriend? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, you come to church together. I'm like, yeah, like I, we just go to church together. But yeah, it's it's very, very real. Interesting. Luke, what's your take on that? I, I think it's it's beyond accurate. Okay. Um, I have I have personally been on multiple like like one time dates at Asbury University and without fail every single time I've had multiple people text me or come up to me and say, oh, I didn't realize you guys were dating. I just said, no, we're not dating. We just, we went out for coffee or went to get dinner or whatever the case may be. Um, and it's just a big deal. Um, or even just, uh, like, like, like Marion said, going to dinner with somebody or sitting with somebody in the stews. Um, people always have an opinion and people are always ready to talk about someone else's life. If that makes sense. Yeah. Fair enough. Heather, are you in agreement? You know, I haven't experienced the Asbury dating scene, but from what I've witnessed and heard, I would say all that is true. And I guess I'm just curious, why the hype? So Luke and Demarion, like you've experienced that yourselves. It's like, what is the point behind those texts or those questions? Is it that people just love relationships so much that we just love love and we're like, <gasps> any chance, like have it happen now? Is it about marriage? Is it about just knowing other people's business? I just guess I'm confused why all the hype about what the interest is behind it. See, the thing is, is that I also am confused. Like, I also don't have the answer to that question. Yeah, I, um, I think, I think that one of Asbury, if you take a step back, one of Asbury's bigger problems is that people just love to talk about each other. Um, and that might be just an Asbury bubble thing that this world that we live in is super small. Um, there's only, uh, there's a limited number of people inside this community. Um, and we don't get out in the world very often, even if that's just to Lexington. Um, so the most exciting things to talk about, apparently, are when people are talking. Um, and so from, I don't know, I'm, I'm just as confused as you are, but from my experience, it's just having something to talk about um, beyond classes or sports or whatever the case may be. I See, I kind of want to, in, in classic Zeke fashion, Zeke versus Luke fashion. I kind of want to push back. That classic. I kind of want to push back against that. 
I think, and and I'm not saying that the whole you get seen with someone twice and everyone thinks you're dating thing isn't a, a factor at all, but I think that that's over um, that's overemphasized. I think that yes, if you if you get seen with someone on campus, people might like be curious. And yeah, they might send, I'm sure that that's happened and I guess it may have happened to y'all and to other people, but I think that people, people talk about that stigma too much and it's not quite as present as people want to make it out to be. That's just my take. And, and with both of those things, cause you talked about like going to church with someone and all that, I don't know how much that's an Asbury thing and how much that is. Like, I think um, this is open for discussion. Most places, if you get seen with alone with a girl a couple times in most places people would probably start to think in some regard that something's up between the two of you so I don't know I I've I've always heard people say that and been kind of annoyed with how emphasized that was because I do think it could be a factor but also everyone's not just in my opinion everyone's not just like oh my gosh there uh, we've seen them hanging out two days in a row I think that's kind of I don't know if it's conceited but it, the fact that everyone's always thinking that people are like concentrated on their dating life, I think is a little, a little over as uh, overvalued. I don't think that that's as present as people say. I don't know though, because I think that, I think that one of the biggest shifts in maturity is that is when you start to realize like, Oh, not everybody is always thinking about me or talking about me. And you kind of lose that sense of self-consciousness and that's different for different people. Like I'm just not a self-conscious person. It doesn't really cross my mind very often that people are, would be discussing me or, or thinking about me or whatever the case may be. But I think that it's if you have that concern at Asbury, it's pretty legitimate. Um, and even if even if it's not solely an Asbury problem, the way that we talk about it, um, it being um, even if it is just like a, a small a small campus problem, it's still a problem. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah, sure. Maybe moving out of that, we can address Mister Allsbrook's complaint that there's not enough places on campus to hang out. Now, Grant, if you if you happen to be listening to this, I don't think that that's a, a crazy claim to make, but I'm, I'm I am curious to unpack that and, and see what you guys think. Is there enough space spaces places ways to hang out with a significant other on campus? I don't think there are enough, but I also kind of feel like that's by design um, because I don't think this university really would would be stoked about having all these different corners and places that couples could just go and like <laughs> be alone um which like if you think about it is really a good thing yeah you know it's it's Probably. like yeah it's you're really looking out for students um for their relational health for their mental health etc cetera, etc cetera. but at the same time like if you don't live in an apartment the only place you can really hang out like and kind of have a one-on-one scenario is the student center and and that's all well and good, but the student center gets real old real quick. Yeah, and I mean, just on top of the student center, there's WGM and the Sally Center that you can also, like, get off campus and hang out. But no, the, the ever-watchful eyes of James Ballard <laughs> will always be there. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, like, I'm torn between, I mean, what do you need to, like, be in a corner, like, for, but I'm also like, okay, I understand privacy and... But see, to I th- what extent? Well, what did, have you noticed that this is a problem or not? Or did, do you hear this from students? Because I, I've heard this from students a lot, and I'm just curious. From maybe a staff perspective, there 
are about the, places to hang you, out. Yeah, yeah. The the number of places on campus that if you wanted to hang out with your girlfriend or boyfriend or fiance that are available to use. You know, I can't say it's been my primary topic with a lot of students, so I don't have a lot of fodder front to like feed from on that. But when I think about that, another comment that was made about lack of casual dating, I almost wonder if lack of space could be helpful to make things casual. Um, just to do dating, it really, even if it's kind of difficult, in community. So to take a walk, to sit at the bistro, to play a game at the student center, and then to feel like you don't have to have everything riding on this date. It's just the two of you, and there's a lot of pressure to make this great. But to make it the casual date people are hoping for, I actually wonder if having lack of space alone could actually encourage community in that, or even help the community understand dating can be casual by seeing it more frequently. So maybe that's a good thing to have less space, but I get that that's tough because when you're really trying to get to know somebody and you don't want rumors to abound, I guess that that would be a difficult thing. And you could always take Karis's suggestion from last week and go have food in the Doherty dining room. <laughs> I thought that was amazing. Yeah, if you want, if you're wanting the the ultimate amount of privacy on Asbury's campus, the Doherty Dining Room is the place to go, apparently, to eat dinner. But hey, I I've I've always felt like there's more places than people give Asbury credit for. Um, Even just like right off the top of my head, I've hung out in the like upstairs in the library. There's there's good spaces up there. Um, There's obviously the Stews, WGM. WGM and the Sally Center and formerly OMS are were or WGM and Sally Center right right now they're probably empty. They could have an event going on there, but there's a good chance those spaces are empty and not very many people, if anyone, is using them. Actually, before the Stoos existed, WGM was like the student center. That was a place where students went to hang out and like do stuff. So it was, I think it was hopping back in the days before the Stoos opened. But there's the there's both of those student centers. There's the library. There's the bistro. I'm a big fan of taking walks. I, I I think there are more spaces. And then this year, open dorm got amended to where you can you're allowed to be in there two people in an open dorm room. So I think there are more spaces than people give credit for. I, I think that's a common complaint that I don't I I think is less legitimate. Zeke, can I throw a hot take in here? Hit us. Okay, so I was thinking about this, and I was trying to compile my thoughts on dating. I'm no expert, and yeah, I just have a lot to learn in this area from you all, so it's super interesting to me. I have this hot take where I think it is perfectly acceptable for girls to ask guys out. I'm curious the perception of that. Feel free to disagree, but my reasoning behind this is I think... Oftentimes, both parties, men and women, can struggle with feeling like the other person should be able to read their mind. Well, that's impossible. It can be very difficult to, if you are a female wanting to date, but not to appear like too desperate or have this kind of inner tension of, I want to be open and available. I just don't want to be desperate, but I'm like interested. I want to explore dating. All good things. Um, I think there can be a stigma sometimes attached to asking guys out as being portrayed as too forward 
And I'm just curious how that would feel to you all um, to be asked out or what you think of that concept in general. I don't think anyone would disagree with the fact that either party can ask the other one out. However, I don't know how common it is for that to happen at Asbury. But we only we have a sample size of three in this room. <laughs> right. Who have, have any of y'all been asked out by a girl? We don't. I, we don't. I have we don't have to. Use, we don't have to. No. See, I, uh, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't have a problem with right, it. Right. My guess is that no, that not many people would have problems with it. But I don't know how much it's a part of the dating culture at Asbury. But like, I think I was hyped for the Sadie Hawkins dance because that was like, now it's their turn to ask out. So. I, that that was the first time, like Sadie, because of the Sadie Hawkins dance. Was oh, the first so now time. you yeah. have. Let's talk about the Sadie Hawkins dance. Because are you, have you ever handed that at all? Yeah, I just support student activities, so yeah, that is so something that some, I'm super excited yes, about too. I'm excited about that as well. I don't know if I'm going to be attending because of the engaged couples retreat. Oh, good for you to go. But, that's good. But however, I'm excited that that's an event, and I have not gotten a good feel for how much asking out is going on right now for that event <laughs> except for from demarion who told me that it got asked out so it's yeah. like so i happen to know someone who's like a guy who's like i want to be asked out and Lo- or <laughs> luke <laughs> luke <laughs> i misspoke luke knows who i'm talking about <laughs> oh boy well i can't i'm not going to edit that out um, but hey, man, if you're if you're a girl out there, there's, we know a guy who's looking for we a know date. a guy, and there's guys out there that probably want to be asked to this thing. But that's another thing where it does take, like, if it's not a part of, like, in general, I think more guys guys are still more likely to ask a girl out. Like that's still pretty common. <clears throat> So this is this is a like would be a big step for a lot of girls, right? But, was, do, but do it. What is that? Is that this weekend? That's this. Yeah. That's this coming Saturday. This yeah, Saturday. Go so to by, the Sadie Hawkins dance. By the time you listen to this, you're going to have between three and zero days to ask someone out to this dance. So get on it. And there's an article in the Collegian how to, how to do it. Is there really? Yeah. Hashtag that, AUB bold. Sophie Saint Furman. AUB bold. A, is that what it is? Yeah, I love it. I'm very curious to see how that event goes. As you were asking that question, I, I was thinking, I feel like I read something about this recently. And then I remembered it was in your email when oh, you, yeah. you were talking about your dating experience and how, um, as you kind of like worked through it in your head, you decided, you know, if this is something that I want to be part of my life and something I'd like to pursue. Exactly. There's a certain level of assertion that I have to, to take you know, to make things happen. Exactly, Luke. And I think that's why I am a proponent for women asking men out, just as I would be a proponent for men asking women out, because I think anything that you really want to be a part of your life, what are you doing actively to encourage that to grow in your life? And dating is a really weird thing in that I think a lot of people have this perception that if they just kind of leave it off to the side, in God's timing, it'll just kind of blossom on its own without any attention from them. And I really disagree with that. I kind of compare it to looking for a job you have to write a resume, you have to do interviews, you have to think about what you want. Why do we think that a spouse is just gonna land on our doorstep without any openness, self-work, self-awareness, figuring out what's good for you, figuring out what you want, figuring out things you need to work on, 
um, before you look at somebody else. And the more initiative people can take in that process and saying, I want, I want healthy, good dating, and I want to work towards that, I think the better. Right. I also think this might be, I don't want to say exclusively a college issue, but of, of girls not being willing to ask guys out. But with the conversations I've had really within the last couple of months, it kind of seems that way. Um, I've had multiple friends who have like maybe been interested in a guy and they have, um, they just kind of say, you know what? I mean, if he doesn't take any, any initiative, I'll just let it pass. And like, I won't have these feelings in a couple of weeks. And I've gotten on my soapbox and I've said, if you, if you approach any situation where you're interested in a guy this way and you just hope, well, maybe he'll see that I'm interested and he'll do something about it. You'll probably never end up being in an actual relationship. Yeah. But then again, I've also had conversations with, um, recently with with girls who are kind of in the dating scene outside of school and in in the working world it seems that you know if you're interested in someone no matter if you're a man or a woman you kind of just you do something about it um to, to kind of make that happen if that's something you want to pursue um so i don't know maybe it's a college issue maybe it's not i think looking at both scenarios like asking someone out the worst thing they can say is no but like I do understand like the rejection piece, but like the worst thing is, no, I'm not interested. And think of mm-hmm. the time and energy you're saving. Like Luke, with your scenario that you mentioned, these women that are really thinking about these guys, the energy and the fruitless hours of wondering, mm-hmm. right. could this happen? Could this not? My goodness, unrequited love is painful. <laughs> you know, that is, it's just, it is not a helpful place to be in. Um, and I always am an advocate of moving towards what you're afraid of. Cause like you said to it's like, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. And I think if people really think, okay, being told no, and then it kind of stops there, we realize maybe that's not such a, as big of a risk as I thought. So maybe in conclusion, or we could continue, but what would be your solution or your advice for Asbury dating culture to improve? Cause as one of our responses, noted a lot of people like to complain about it but a lot of people don't want to make a change to the dating culture so if you had a tidbit of advice to give to potential asbury daters out there what would it be what would be your little bit of change that you would like to bring to the scene my first thought that i think would over time solve like several of the problems we've been talking about is if you if you're a guy or girl and you're interested in somebody, just go ask them out or start a conversation. Um, one, I think that'll that'll do a lot to change the the culture here of casual dating and make it normal and make it acceptable. Um, two, I think that'll just start to like destigmatize relationships um, because there definitely is a stigma around relationships at Asbury, and they 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 generally seem to be quick and they seem to everybody seems to know what's going on and everyone's talking about it. Um, and if it's a normal thing, people really don't have to worry about, man, everybody's got a hand in this relationship somehow or another. Um, and I think that it'll, it'll just being willing to just go ask somebody to go get coffee will save so many people so much time and stress and anxiety. So first off, a word of encouragement to all the Asbury students out there. You're not weird. This actually is an issue that pervades a lot of people, a lot of um, different places. It's not just an Asbury issue. Across the board, dating is weird and it's it can be difficult, it can be super fun, it can be a growing experience. But it's one that 
there's not a formula for, and so everybody's trying to figure it out. So just word of encouragement that your time at Asbury is not stunting your growth. This is an issue that everybody has to face at different times, and I know I had to face it even in my own experience, and post-college people still have to deal with it. And I think my word of advice would be do not try and ask someone out that you think you could marry. How do you know you can marry them until you start figuring out what you want, who you are? Um, I think it's really difficult if a man is looking to date a, a woman to only be willing to ask her out if he's like, I know I could marry her. Um, and same for a woman. I think what, from my experience, I have had high expectations and then dating has actually allowed me to figure out what I really, really want. And there's been some relationships I thought for sure, that guy is the one. Um, and I realized through them, actually, I really don't want that. And I figured it out in the process. And so if you put on the pressure of looking for marriage material before you even know somebody, you're putting the cart before the horse. And I my advice is to look at dating like a learning experience for you to grow and for you to learn about somebody else and you can't lose it takes the pressure off maybe you'll get to marry them maybe you'll just learn a lot um maybe you'll just both be mutually encouraged but you can't lose in that scenario when you take marriage off to the back burner <laughs> yeah the first thing that comes to mind is shooting your shot i'm a big proponent shoot of it, it. <laughs> just go ahead and shoot i mean you can miss, but I mean, you bounce back. Um, and then, yeah, don't worry what other people say. Just do you, enjoy life, have fun, and just, yeah. I forgot to mention it up to this point, but kind of the reason we're doing this is because Valentine's Day is, what, 11 days away? Today's the third that we're recording this. So Valentine's Day is right around the corner, and we decided to take a, a couple weeks to talk about dating. Um and my advice, my primary advice would be that the whole negative stigma around dating is only what you make it. It's as weird as you make it. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of people that make it weird. I don't, I would, I would just encourage you to not assume that everyone is going to be talking about you like everyone's going to be whispered behind your back if you hang out with a girl one time. There are going to be some people that probably talk about it, but in general... I think that A, they're not going to be doing that, and B, the best way to combat that is for it just to be normal for people to be talking to each other on campus um, and having conversations with a guy and a girl. And if that's a if that's an everyday thing on campus, then it becomes less weird continually. So I don't know. I, I hope it's not as weird as people talk about it, mm-hmm. but maybe it is. Um, we'd love some feedback. What do you think? about the Asbury dating scene. Is it super weird? Do people overrate how weird it is? And what do you think should be the solution? We're gonna interview Heather about her job at Asbury and some other miscellaneous things. But first, we have our random Asbury fact for today, which is for the men of Johnson. Whoop, whoop. And so Johnson, previous to 1986, was three separate buildings that were not connected in any way. It was Johnson Main Building, Johnson East Building, and Johnson West Building. In 86, they started construction 
to combine all three wings. And my hunch, because of some of the rooms in Johnson that are bigger, there's one big room on each of the wings. And my hunch is that there was like a RD or like at least a grad student living in each building. But I don't have any any fact to back that up. But they were separate buildings. So you could not go from uh, from Dog Hall to Zoo. You had to leave Johnson West, walk out of it, and walk into Johnson, Maine. So there you have it. Heather, thanks for being with us. So glad to be here. We are going to ask you some very tough questions about miscellaneous things. First off, just tell us about your position on campus. A lot of people, especially student leaders, know who you are and what you do on campus. But um, tell us what your position is and then what duties fall under that position. Guys, I honestly feel like I have the best job. So I, I get to work with orientation. So tag leaders are super fun. Those are the people that help the freshmen get acclimated. Love that work with them. I love welcoming the freshmen. And so orientation is, I just, that week is so fun for me. But I also advise uh, executive cabinet with Asbury Student Congress. Let's go. It's super fun working with Marion and the others and um, seeing what they get to produce. It's basically my job. A lot of it is standing out of the way to watch these students do what they want to do. And that's really cool to see the initiative, the intelligence, the wisdom, the motivation of these students. And so I get to advise and work with them and just random other stuff. So my days are always different. Heather, I'm going to start things off with a not so serious question. Okay. I don't know if you remember this, but it was during like RA training of this year in the fall. And it was like a student leaders thing in the student center. And you were supposed to go with like find two partners and like tell stories. Right. Um, and it, it was you, you, myself and Evan Dzinski happened to, to be in a group. And you told me about an experience you had at Taylor University. And you were a student. You were a student there. Right? Yes. Yes. Um, about a prank. A group of, of men pulled um, on a girl's floor. Are you tracking with me? Do you know where I'm going? Yes, I remember. Would you, would you mind just running through that story one time for Man, us? Man, this will just make you guys think that we are just heathens out, <laughs> out in the, the boonies. So this was like legendary prank storytelling that passed down from generation to generation of Taylor student. And what happened was that this men's, we called them hall, we called them wings. So what you all call halls, this men's wing had something against this girl's wing, okay? And they were driving back to campus. I don't know what the issue of their contention was. They saw a dead deer. They brought said dead deer into the residence hall. Don't even ask me how they did that. I don't know. And we have community bathrooms. So we have like these showers that are separated by curtains and they put the deer carcass in the community bathroom <laughs> shower. We're talking nasty. That's, so that's legendary. We're ta- I don't, that prank goes real far, but hey, it's- I, I just, I heard that story time. and then Evan Dzinski told a raccoon story. And I was just like, that just does not happen anymore. No. Like Probably good. To that level. I don't <laughs> think that the, the guys that did that got off just scotch free right so that's right. probably good it doesn't happen all the time but yeah that yeah, need, that actually happened we need to get some more wild animals up in the dorms for prank night well, i think we do oh, 
I was going to say it wasn't a prank, but Colt Rasmussen lost a squirrel in the bathroom. A live squirrel? Yeah, yeah. he lose a squirrel. And why did he have a squirrel? He in the caught first it place? in his backpack in the no. green and then took it into was the it in dorm. Johnson. Of course he did. Trustees. Can, can we just say that's super athletic that he could catch a squirrel? Yeah. Like yeah. that's super Colt. That's, that's pretty very, amazing. That is very Colt. That's impressive to catch a squirrel. I, I remember there there was something loose in Johnson a couple of years ago, and Matthew Van Landingham caught it under a trash can. Mm. So, we have had a little bit of 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 wild animals in in Asbury buildings, but never at, not at, not as a prank that I can remember. So, maybe it's in the future to come. Heather, I know you're from Iowa. Yes, and I don't know anything about Iowa. So, what was it like growing up there? You know, it is really flat. Um, honestly. Iowa was a great place to grow up. It's really family centric. So I grew up like feeling like family and education, church, all these things that are kind of pillars of society were just really strong in my neighborhood. I don't have a desire to move back there, love my family, love going to visit them. But I got to say, Kentucky, hands down, most beautiful place I've lived. Love this area, this city. But I was was a really good place to grow up. If you had to pick between the landscape of Iowa and Kansas, which which is more boring? Because I've never been to Iowa, but if it's Kansas, on if it's on Kansas level, I have to say that Kansas is more boring. Oh, totally, Kansas and Nebraska. But also, you're asking an Iowan. But yeah. I mean, Kansas is like I saw a dust bowl and like a tumbleweed go across the interstate. Iowa does have trees. <laughs> It does have like flowing fields of corn. All I saw in Kansas was um, dust. Yeah, Kansas, was Kansas is pretty boring. I had to drive through Kansas one time, a couple times, and it's it's a rough one. If you had to pick, this is a hard question, actually, not a serious one, but a hard one. Okay. If you had to pick, you could only do one of the, these two. Which would it be? Student government or tag? Oh man. I I, and I this can't. Is a hard, this is a hard question because Demar- wisely, Demarion's in the room. <laughs> Honestly, there. No, I I Zeke, I just can't. That's like asking me to choose between two kids I would have, like which yeah. is my favorite. I can't. Because because ASC is ASCs throughout the year, so you're doing that, and then tags a couple months, right? Really, it's really a lot for that week, right. week before, and then welcome week. So it's like exactly. tags really concentrated. ASEs year round, which is probably a good bit of why you can do both is because right. they're not super overlapping. Exactly. What what would be a, a pro in maybe the best part of the strength of each of those jobs, the pro of ASC and the pro of TAG? Oh, hands down. I know that already. And it's the same for both. It's getting to work with students. And that's why I got the degree that I did. And that's why I'm in this work that I'm in is to actually work with students and I get to do that every day. So hands down, I know that already. And it's just really great to not just work with students, but work with excellent students. I kind of feel a little gypped because you, I, I view your position as working as all the student leaders, except for res life. You like work with pretty much every student leader outside of RAs and ARDs. And you work with us some too, like for training and stuff, but you're kind of like the, you're you're in charge of almost everything else, student leader wise, outside of of Res Life. So I haven't gotten to interact with you as much as like tag leaders have or different things like that. I'm glad we can't hear Zeke. Heather, I think it is. I think it's so appropriate that you are a guest on this specific episode, 
because you recently became engaged, Woo-hoo! correct? Um, and I, in the spirit of a dating episode, give us just a brief version of this story. Oh, thanks, Luke. I'm really excited. So I, the brief version is, and maybe why I am passionate about dating well, I think I've had lots of practice. <laughs> and so I've, I've had some relationships that have been heartrending as they've broken up and that's helped me build empathy for others going through that. It can be really difficult. Um, also just the, the waiting around as other people do move into a season that I would like to through engagement and marriage and just continually trying to remind myself where is my worth? What is my hope in? What is my refuge? What is my purpose? It is all centered in Christ. And just you, everyone has to remind themselves of that in a relationship or not. But anyway, um, been praying for this for quite a while. I met Jordan in February of last year, got set up by a friend. And I have to say this, we went on a couple dates. He was great. He would ask great questions. He was a great conversationalist. And I told him I just wanted to be friends. Oh, so, no. <laughs> was it, the truth, was it the one truth of the, comes out. Was it one of those things that like he really just like checked all the boxes, but you just weren't feeling it? Oh, man. So, Luke, the honest answer is he was checking all these boxes. Literally, I had I had a you list. You had a checklist? Oh, I, I, I did. I do. And he, he did fulfill all those. And get this, that spark that I was thinking would be immediate and guaranteed and certain that I thought signified a perfect or like a good, let's just say a good relationship was gone or wasn't there. And I was like, well, I'm not feeling like this, this spark, this kind of flowing connection energy with this person. And... I don't know that I will. And so let's just be friends. And so over time, as the months went by, I interacted with him in a couple of different circumstances. And I I just kept coming back to a few things all centered around, wow, this guy's so kind. This guy's so humble. Oh my gosh, he's so smart and caring and funny. And I just started to doubt how I would know a relationship is good. Is it the sense of fireworks constantly? I feel like I wanted 4th of July all the time. When in reality, I want ordinary life. I want good, ordinary life. I don't need 4th of July all the time, but I thought I did. And I think media saturates us with this, these lessons that say, this is how you know it's a good relationship. You can't help yourself. You are immediately in love. You have no uncertainty. You feel it constantly. And what you feel is passion and maybe nerves and like total excitement. What I felt was ordinary, and I, but I just grew in like this respect for him. Okay, so fast forward, I, I won't keep talking about that, but fast no, but that, side note, that's all that, so that was, good. That was like, phenomenal. This yeah, is so was. useful, and there's so much utility in people hearing that. I just feel like I was exempt that I'd watched so many other people go through relationships that I wouldn't fall prey to the same mistakes of thinking, I will know who I need to marry within the first date or two. And I know what I want and I know how I'll feel. And I didn't know those things. And that's what dating is. So I actually, after a couple months, I asked him if he wanted to do a book talk. I just thought, wow, he's smart. I'd like to talk to him. And he he gamely decided to do it, do a book talk with me, just the two of us over coffee. And I just left that thinking, and it was so easy to talk to him. Um, and a short while after that, I came back and I asked, would you actually be willing to go on a couple more dates 
I, I think I made a mistake. He's like, sure, I'd really like that. So we've been dating since May and then got engaged this January and we're going to get married in June. So, so exciting. I'm really excited. Yeah. He's a really good man. And I got to say, the certainty came like it just took a while. Like and also those feelings like I don't feel like this passionate, overwhelming sense of nervous excitement all the time. I do feel it. Um, with him. But what I feel, I think, is this grounded certainty and goodness of just being with him in it. So that's really good. I have one more question before we get out of here. We know that you are a lover of coffee shops. Yep. Can you hit me with your top three coffee shops in the Lexington area? And also, I'm curious why you enjoy spending time in coffee shops or working in coffee shops or whatever you do in coffee shops? Oh, what draws you to them? And what Zeke. are your, what are your three favorite? Oh, such a good question. So I got to just give a shout out to our very own hiccup, to be honest, amazing prices, quality coffee. Um, and can yeah. I just say like their new little tiny Cortados are where it's at and delicious espresso. So I go there guys probably every day now. <laughs> so our very Their own espresso hiccup. is quality. It's, it's so, nice. it is so good. Um, I'd say the, my favorite shop is old school coffee. And if you haven't heard of that, it's on Maxwell Avenue by pedal power downtown. And what I like about old school, the ambiance, the quality coffee, it's all there. And then I would say the next one is Manchester that I like. Why I like coffee shops. Um, man, I just like working where there's some hubbub and I like working around other people, but getting into my zone and I love quality coffee. And yeah, I just feel like when you have the two good coffee, good people, a calming atmosphere, you just can't go wrong. So I, I also feel like coffee promotes good conversation. So Luke said this last yeah. week, actually. Yeah, totally. I agree with that. Yeah. So I actually haven't been to either of those two outside of the hiccup. Obviously I've been there. So if I don't know if most people have, I've never even heard of them. You said old, old school. school actually doesn't. I don't think they do promotions online. I don't think they have a website. They okay. try and do it just by word of mouth and it got established this May and yeah, it's great. And then Manchester. Mm -hmm. See, I've not heard of either of those. So maybe if you're, if you're a regular goer of North Lime or coffee times or different places, try that, those other that places. are good. Yeah. Try some, try some new places in Lex. Because I've I've never heard of either of those, but in the hiccup is always a good, oh. always a good option, and it's close. All right, well that is the end of our episode today. We're curious what the general campus population thinks about dating at Asbury. Did we get it right, or did we just say a bunch of stuff that you disagree with? And if so, either way, we want to hear back from you about what you feel is true about dating at Asbury. Before we get out of here. I want to give a shout out to Dr. Colette, math professor. I was in the weight room today, this morning, doing P90X with the boys, and Dr. Colette is going hard as always on the weights, just getting after it day after day. So shout out to Dr. Colette, maybe the strongest professor at Asbury, who knows. And the only professor that can wear a tank top. There you go. <laughs> that I've seen. There you have it. So Dr. Colette's killing it in the weight room, if anyone's curious. And that's the end of our episode today. Thanks for listening. Follow us at the Smokestack Podcast on Instagram. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. And we will see you next week. Bye.